right, Black Box Radio, we have the amazing Catalina Burr. Say hi to the people, sis. Hello, Black Box people. <laughs> um, so tell the folks what you do professionally, um, if they don't know you, um, so we can unpack it. Um, by trade, I'm a, I'm a political campaign strategist and communications consultant, but uh, right now I am in the process of running for mayor of Baltimore City. And um, Republican? You didn't say any of that. I am a Republican, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm a Republican candidate for mayor, one of seven. And prayerfully, t- next Tuesday, I win my primary so that I can uh, still be on the ballot in November for the general. That'd be a beautiful thing because I'm independent. So I'm going to need you to get to the general. I'm working my best. I'm working hard. Yeah, well, all y'all get to the general. So I could just throw your name up in the air. Well, everybody can't make it to the general. That's not how this works. Only one of us from each party get to go. <laughs> I think everybody's, is, you know, I've talked to you guys. So, you know, we have to be neutral. So we just love all of y'all. Okay. <laughs> but love me more, though. What'd you say? <laughs> love me more, though. Love you more. I hear that. I hear that. I totally hear that. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So COVID-19 is upon us. Um, you're campaigning. And um, so I'm sure that's changed dramatically because of campaigning. How has it affected campaigning? I mean, obviously, it when it first hit, everything that was sort of scheduled in terms of town halls and forums were initially just canceled. And as it seemed, as, as the people figured out that this was going to be for a while, um, a lot of that stuff converted to Zoom um, and. Google Hangouts and things like that. Obviously, we can't go canvassing or door knocking or physically hold events. Um, So just a lot of phone banking and and virtual forums and town halls through Facebook Live and those other platforms. Still trying to get the message out. Um, Campaigns that had more money than mine, per se, uh, did a lot more direct mail uh, got on TV earlier than you usually see going into a primary. Um, I didn't have those kind of resources. Uh, so we just worked the phones and, you know, continue to do the media requests as they came in and the different forms and just hope that our message is resonating. Absolutely. So is there, and that's what I do want to know, is there kind of a way to gauge your progress being that you can't really touch people is there a way that campaigns can gauge, like, instead of other than polls? Well, I was going to say, nobody's polling Republicans because Democrats have run the city since 1967. Um, I tend to gauge it by, by interactions, right? So um, I look at my opponents' interactions on their lives and their tweets and, and see how many people are engaging with them versus me to have some kind of idea of, of how broad their footprint is in terms of um, creating a base for themselves. But there's no, there's no like data. There's no polls for this right now. So they don't have even, they don't have nothing really, because of course we're in a whole new environment. So even campaigning has to change or get tweaked. And um, I guess there's not really a way to gauge. You just have to go hard and, and do the best you can. Right. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and a lot of them were doing a lot of uh, Facebook town halls. Mm-hmm. I 
like today, this is my third interview today, right? <laughs> so I don't feel like um, doing a live and I'm doing my own town hall after I've been talking already all day. Um, so, you know, I don't, for whatever reason, they were, they weren't responding to all of the media requests. Um, some organizations opted to name me the front runner in the Republican race and not invite my counterparts to those forums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I am thankful that my years in journalism and on radio and TV in Baltimore, I earned the respect of my colleagues. So, I mean, everybody's been playing really fair in a way that you don't usually see with Republican candidates. It's usually just the Democrats, um, and you don't even know who the Republicans are running. But my my colleagues have have been extremely gracious. Mm, well, that that's a great thing. I mean, this is a time that I think we have to extend graciousness that we would normally, because this is a very uncertain situation we all are in. So that's a good thing. I wonder if the Democrats can say the same thing. They're being gracious with each other. I don't know. I mean, you know, it all depends on who the Democrat is, right? Um, Brandon Scott and I just had an Instagram live um, battle, kind of like a versus kind of thing with 90s R&B on Monday. I heard about that. He had on his uh, wool hat. I, I heard about that. We had a good time, you know, the cross party lines, two mayoral candidates coming together for one socially distanced and safe holiday weekend celebration. And it got a great response. Yeah, I've heard about that. I heard a few people talking about that. Um, but you oh, know, we had a ball. You always do things in the slide. You don't never tell a box. I don't know. I, I just don't. We'll talk about that off mic, though. That's an off mic conversation. What you think? For somebody that follows my social media, you be needing a whole lot of direct hand holding to find this information that's all on these here interwebs, ma'am. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I how can I follow all of these people? You know, I meet a lot of people. So I do look at, of course, I got my eyes on you. You know I do. But I got a lot of, I only got two eyes. A lot of people, a lot of folk I got to see. You want me to be cross-eyed. You know, it's a lot of people I try to touch. But I got to watch you because you always come up with something. You know, anybody with the first three letters of the name is cat. That mean they slick. <laughs> That's real funny. That's real funny. My daddy named me after a Pontiac. Okay. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. A Pontiac. Sounds so manly. Okay. All right. So personally, you have children. You guys are home. How's that going down? You got, I know they're eating. What's going down in your household? Doing a co- whole bunch of cooking and eating and movie nights and just, <laughs> you know, because my youngest is seven, but my oldest is 19. So it's just, we have fun and we just been having fun. I've gained a little bit too much weight, I believe, um, being in the house cooking and eating everything, but we're, we're enjoying it. Excellent. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. That is absolutely a beautiful thing. So I talked to you earlier um, and you said that someone dear to you um, passed because of COVID-19. Yes. Um, so on April 8th, my, my, my very, very good friend, we call her Tiki, her name is Keonti Harpool, passed away from COVID. She had had pneumonia prior to the state of emergency or us really even hearing about any COVID cases in Maryland. Um, and so while in the hospital for the pneumonia, she contracted the virus um, and passed away on April the 8th. And I talked to her for my birthday 
and she said she said she was tired, but she didn't mention being sick. And you know, I wish I'd known that was going to be the last time that I talked to my friend. But I'm, you know, I don't have any regrets. We always ended with "I love you." I know that she knows that I appreciated her love and support over all the twenty something years we were friends. Um, but yeah, it was it, that was that was when it really started to sink in. Because I'm a homebody, so I didn't mind staying in the house. That part was fine. Um, my children are like their own personal reality shows, so I was entertained. But that's when it like really became real. And then she couldn't have a service, you know, and wow. so I couldn't go and support her husband, and I couldn't go and you know hug her son and console him. the things that you're used to doing at a time where. Um, when someone passes, you can't do. Um, and so, like, uh, I think on Sunday it was that the New York Times ran a front page article with the thousands of people across the country who have passed away from the virus. She was on the front page of that. Um, she was featured in a PBS segment um, that aired also this weekend. Uh, and so it's just, you know, it's surreal. But she's the only person I've lost from the virus, but I've also had some other deaths in my family and, and close friends at this time. And just not being able to pay your respects or, or go to a service or go to the cemetery um, is definitely something that I hope is not a consistent part of our new normal. I'm telling you, funerals have changed. And, most, and now when your friends have, they hadn't really figured out what they were going to do, you know. But no, right. huh? like my, I have an uncle. I have an uncle that just passed. He was ninety-five years old. He passed yesterday, wow. and you know, my mom is telling me that it doesn't make sense for me to come to Virginia because we can't have a service. Um, and he's so it's just been it's been it's been strange. It's been real strange. That's real strange, especially at 95. You want to celebrate somebody who would live that long, you know, and just celebrate yeah. a life that can be here for 95 years. And for COVID to be such a, it's such a lonely disease, you know, and it's so unfortunate for a lot of families. Even the birth of babies have changed. So bringing life and losing life, it's all changed. So this new normal is kind of scary, but it, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, um, when you come out of, of course, you're campaigning. So when we come out of COVID-19, what you working on? What's new for Cat Bird other than mayor? Well, I mean, assuming I, I fare well in my primary, is we, we have to get ready for the general. We'll know who my main opponent is as opposed to the 20-plus Democrats that are running in their primary right now. You said 20. <laughs> it's 20-something. It's 32 of us all together. Only seven of us are in the Republican Party. But I thought this whole thing dropped out. So, oh my goodness, it's still 20? Oh I mean, well, the people who dropped out really just did it symbolically. Their names are still on the ballot. That's true. That's true. You're right. You know, so there's people that are still going, and depending on how they dropped out, there's some that dropped out to endorse other candidates. Others dropped out just because they didn't see a path to victory. But whomever wanted to support them can still vote for them and not vote for someone else. If they want to, their name will still be there. But if I don't win my primary, um, I've got two other races that I'm going to work real hard on. 
in councilmatic districts with two uh, really, really great guys that are running in the Republican Party with me. Um, Brenda Joyner-L in Councilmatic District 2 and David Marshall Wright in Councilmatic District 3. So I would be helping them. And then my next plan is to go to, to open a restaurant. If I'm not the mayor, I'm going to proceed with my next life goal, which is to open my own restaurant and serve brunch all day. Really? Now that is back. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing politics for 20 years, so I've, you know, I've, I, I had said even before I made the decision to run again that no matter what, 2020 was going to be my last election year. Um, and then my team and I came together and decided to run, so I'm here as a candidate, but one win, lose, or draw, I'm either about to be a one-term mayor that fixes a whole lot of things at one time, or I'm going to have tried my best and then I'm going to open a restaurant. But one way or the other, this is a bookend in in whatever this previous chapter of my life has been. And the next 20 years are going to be different. You know how to cook some grits and, and eggs and peas. What you know about brunch? Sure. Yes. Do I know how to cook grits? Grits? Please don't, don't insult me like that. You don't remember no grits and gravy. And, you don't know nothing about that. I just, and the funny thing is, I've been giving out recipes on Twitter more than I talk about the campaign. A friend of mine said, are you sure you still running? I said, yeah, but you know, people ask you how to make certain stuff and you want to be able to help them. I have about four or five different varieties of shrimp and grits that I do. Um, in the summertime, I really like to do uh, on the grill. I do everything on the grill. I grill corn and jalapeno peppers. I, I do the, the grits and a smoker with um, extra sharp cheddar cheese and then mix the jalapeno and corn into it. And shrimp are wrapped in bacon on skewers and covered in barbecue sauce. Everything is cooked on the grill. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to talk about that no more. We on mic and I'm, my mouth is watering. I don't need to hear none of that. That's a lot because I'm, I'm a little. Wow, that sounds excellent. Um, so one thing that I'm a little, I'm a little um disturbed about when I look because I have a um a ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at the ballot. This is how you split the vote with all of these people listed, and you don't know who's running, who's not. Why do they do that? Why is that done? Why is what done? So many people can run? Well, I know so many people are running, but a lot of those people have suspended their campaign or they're not actually running. So there's no update of the actual ballot because it's kind of confusing. To well, have- no, because when you file, you're given a calendar, right? The calendar tells you when your campaign finance reports are due. It also tells you the different deadlines. Um, like we, if you withdraw... Before this date, you won't be on the ballot. And if you withdraw after this date, because they've already gone to print because we use an out-of-state vendor, your name will be. So everybody that you see on that ballot got that calendar when they filed. And so if they suspended after the withdrawal date, they knew that they stood a chance to split the vote. I totally understand. This is something that was known by the candidate. So if they really wanted to be fast forward, they would suspend before that actual date 
Because right. that's what you're setting Wow. So that, that says a lot. That that says an actual lot. I think something is particularly wrong with that when you have all these people on the ballot and you're not sh- do. Are you going to split the vote in 37 ways for the um freaking Democrats? I don't know. I'm I mean, not- if, you look at, if you look at even the presidential ones, right? That, that one too. Chris Sanders is still on there. Kamala ain't on there. <laughs> because she withdrew earlier. Yeah, she withdrew earlier. Okay, got it, got it. It's just I don't, I don't. It's just I don't think that makes sense. But I also don't think that Maryland should use an out-of-state vending to print anything. Let's 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 talk about that. But I'm gonna leave that alone. That's not my business. I mean, we're not the only state that does it. In terms of, if you ever watch Scandal and mm-hmm. uh, that very first season about how um, Fitz became president. Um, there, there are very few companies that create these processes um, of printing ballots or electronic voting machines. It's just a really niche industry. Because um, yeah, when, when our ballots did get here, we also had some from the state of South Carolina that arrived yeah. by accident yeah. because we used the same vendor. I heard of that. I heard they had some South Carolina ballots. Crazy. Crazy, but you know, this is uncertain times. I guess anything can happen um, these days. But are you leery of the mail-in process, or do you have a problem with it? No, I mean it's going to be a much lower voter turnout than it would have been under normal circumstances. Um, but I'm not leery of it. Uh, people have been really vigilant about when they get their ballot. Um, if they didn't get it, making sure that they call the state board of elections uh, or fill out the electronic ballot request form on the board of elections website. Um, I think aside from how contested this mayoral race is, it being at the same time as this presidential election um, is driving people to be more observant of of this and, and, and more that much more committed to participating in the process. I think so. I think I think Trump is hurting you guys, helping you guys out, you know, and uh, all the federal stuff. So I think that does work. When the president's um, election is the same time, I think people pay a little more attention to what's going going down. I think I don't know that they pay more attention. Okay. They just don't like Trump. I mean, this is only our second municipal election in a presidential election year. Um, 2016 was the first one because yeah. every other county in the state of Maryland has their municipal elections in line with their gubernatorial. Yeah, they, uh, and, I'm a, and I'm a believer that Baltimore City should too, mm-hmm. but um, it's just one of those games that the Democrats play. It yeah. gave everybody that got elected in 2011 an extra year in their first term by yeah. moving it to 2016. Uh, but they used low voter turnout as the excuse, but we were the only county in jurisdiction in the state prior that had their municipal elections in their off year. So there was no gubernatorial or presidential. So the argument could have been made to for a turnout to move it in line with the gubernatorial, but that's not what they opted to do. That's what we are now. We're not there, unfortunately, but that, I think that makes more sense that for the state. I mean, do it all at once. But we are here, and I, um, one of my biggest things um, in Black Box Trader, we really want to um, be on a get out, get out to vote. I think it is a tool in the toolbox, and we should use it. We should definitely use it, and um, it should be an informed choice, but it should be utilized. I don't like that you can't be independent and vote in the primary in Maryland. Um, but 
it is what it is. What's that called? Like yeah. a, when you can't vote in the, in, in, the, in, in the primary, what's that called? Um, yeah, what is that called? We're a closed primary state. Um, so for primary. years I've advocated for us to have open primaries like the states that border us, Virginia, Pennsylvania, that allows people to vote across party lines as well as independents and third parties be able to vote. Um, I happen to feel like closed primaries are a form of voter suppression. I think so. I absolutely think it's a form of voter suppression. And it's amazing that you said Pennsylvania and Virginia because they're commonwealths and they're more progressive than a state. Well, so, okay. So we're at the part of the interview where we do a last will and testament and that's where we leave that jewel. So we, you know, that spiritual vitamin, that jewel for the for the folks. So we need um, Kat's jewel. Um, be you Republican or Democrat, please vote on June 2nd. Um, it is of the utmost importance. And then if your candidate does not win the primary, please don't use that as an excuse to not stay engaged and informed and not return to the polls on November 3rd. What I tell people all the time is that a primary only determines who gets to run to represent a party, but the general election determines who gets sworn in and and takes over that particular position. And that's what makes the general the most important election. Um, So just make sure you stay engaged and stay in the process. June 2nd and November the 3rd, and stay safe while we figure out what new normal looks like and, and continue to move through this pandemic as, as healthy and, and positive as possible. Okay. Awesome. Gene? Catalina Bird, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the Rona Report. Always great to hear your unique voice and your insights into the political landscape. If you enjoyed this conversation, listeners, you can find all the voices of the Rona Report. You can find Catalina's in-studio interview and all the interviews that we've done going all the way back to 91919 at blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box Radio and find us on Twitter at Box Black. That's B-O-X-X-B-L-A-K. And if you're hearing this message, we need your help to spread the word. Our voices get suppressed on social media platforms. So please send this to a friend, send it in a text, send it in an email so all of these important voices can be heard. Yeah, we're in that Rona report and we just had Cat. Catalina Bird, the 2020 mayor candidate running on the Republican ticket. We thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So um, this is the Ron Report. You're with Black Box Radio. We're out. Peace. Peace.